This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Adrian Young is a multi-instrumentalist, composer, and producer who has just released an album and a podcast for Black History Month. The album is called The American Negro. It's a combination of both spoken word and music. The first track is called Revisionist History. Eugenically speaking, the blacks are less evolved creatures and therefore not subject to humane treatment. We've been given an ever-changing bag of duplicitous euphemisms to choose from. But do they really define me? Under the presumption that my blackness has no color and under the belief that we are the nameless heroes of America, I present to you the document. Revisionist History 101. Correcting and revising history when it comes to the narrative around black lives, racism, oppression, and slavery seems to be the mission statement throughout this entire project. Here's Adrian Young giving a revisionist history lesson in his podcast, Invisible Blackness. Abraham Lincoln wanted to unify America. He wanted the Union, which is the North, to unify with the, with the South, which were the Confederates. So when they didn't want to unify, obviously they went to war, and this is, this is the Civil War. And um, Lincoln, as a military move, said, all right, y'all don't want to unify with us. I'm going to vitiate your economic power. I'm going to take away your ability to own people. So at the, so in a, so just some context. In 1850, the enslaved Americans were listed as inventory on ledgers and alongside cattle and farm equipment, and they were worth about $1.3 billion, which is one-fifth of the nation's wealth at the time. Uh, you know, so when the first shot of the Civil War was fired in 1861, the value of that human collateral exceeded $3 billion and was worth more than the nation's banks, railroads, mills, and factories combined. So Lincoln, he said, look, I'm going to free all of your enslaved as a military move. I caught up with Adrian Young, and he started off by elaborating more on the concept of revisionist history. Most people do not realize the educational sterilization we go through growing up here in America and or growing up around the world because we are taught what our government wants us to believe. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that, you know, from this conspiracy theory perspective. I'm literally just talking about the truth. I'm talking about our actual history. Our nation is embarrassed of its past. Our nation was embarrassed at our practices when they were actually committing all of these insane and unconscionable acts towards people of a darker hue. Our nation inspired Hitler to do what Hitler did in Germany. Our nation pioneered a new form of capitalism whereby a derivative racism would be enforced in order to manifest a destiny of white imperialism where white males would take over the world at all costs. So when you read our history... How much of that perspective is in our history? That's why we are now trying to literally revise what we are taught so that we can actually get the real history. 
what really happened. George Washington was not the best person to the people he enslaved. How many of us know about that? You know, read about George Washington's teeth. Read about the stories that discuss where he got his dentures from. There are documents that show that he got his dentures from the enslaved. We don't learn, we don't learn about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do we learn about the fact that the Constitution wasn't written to protect non-white males, non-white landowning males? We don't talk about that. But we're trying to revise history so people get a better understanding of these racist machinations that were put in place centuries ago and how this still affects us today, how the vestige of these malevolent acts, these malevolent codes still affect us to this day. And also throughout this album that you put out, you know, you tell stories of black lives that that might not be household aims, but warrant it. You know, you have a song yeah. called James Mincy Jr., who died from a police chokehold in 1982. You have a song called George Stinney Jr., who was executed at the age of 14. And this was for what the courts say was the killing of two girls, but he was actually exonerated after his death, after it was more widely realized that he was denied due process. also have a song called Margaret Gardner. This story is fascinating to me that I've never heard about. Can you tell me the backstory behind Margaret Gardner? So before I get into Margaret, so James, uh, James Mincy Jr., He's the uncle of the vocalist, Lauren Odin, that is singing that song. Oh, wow. So, yes, that's his uncle that died. So if you actually go on YouTube and type in James Mincy Jr., you can see an ABC, uh, like a Dateline type special that they had done on James Mincy Jr. But he's not a household name and he died from asphyxiation. See, this is the police chokehold. He died from in 82. People don't talk about this stuff. George Stinney Jr., the youngest man to die by execution here, uh, by the execution here in America. This is why I don't believe in the death penalty, because as a former law professor, you know, you see how many people are wrongfully accused of crimes and you see them being sentenced to life or sentenced to death. But after they die, innocently, you can't bring them back. And when it comes to Margaret Garner, she was an enslaved woman that ran away. And before she was recaptured, killed her baby because she did not want her baby to have to suffer the way that she did. So these are considered heroic acts, killing your own kid. Because you don't want your offspring to deal with what you had to deal with. This is how black people looked at posterity. 
this is how we dealt with the concept of perseverance or resilience. You know, it's like, why did slave ships have nets around them? Hmm. Because people were jumping because they'd rather die than have to live life unconscionably as an enslaved person in perpetuity because America developed or pioneered a new form of slavery, which was hereditary slavery. Before this, it wasn't like that. Also on this album, you know, there's a few moments where the idea of black consciousness and double consciousness comes up. Double Double consciousness, consciousness. the psychological challenge we face as we look at ourselves through the eyes of a racist society. You are tuned into the Black Consciousness, a broadcast amplified by the struggle of frequency syncopated sound. You are tuned into the Black Consciousness. What do those terms mean to you in the context of how you are presenting them in this record? Black Consciousness. It's my connection to my ancestors. It's our conduit to the past. It's our conduit to the future. It's us seeing ourselves outside of our physical bodies. And it's us coming together with a sense of what I like to deem as being a victim kinship. You know, when we were placed in the slave ships in Africa, we were taken from the interior. And we had enemies, different tribes. But when you are all placed on the bottom of this slave ship with barely any oxygen, there develops a victim kinship where you now start calling yourselves brother and sister because you realize that you all have to fight for your life. So this is black consciousness. It's a realization of who you are and the power you have in owning and accepting your beauty. Now, double consciousness refers to the way we see ourselves. If we, if we look at ourselves in the mirror, we could literally see our physical, our physical attributes. But we also see the way that white America looks at us. We see ourselves as the face of evil in America. We see ourselves as a mosaic of overdetermined stereotypes that symbolize us being a problem here. So this is our double consciousness. And it changes over time as we get better, but it's still there. There was a question that you asked um, Ladybug Mecca of Digable Planets in your podcast that that featured her as part of it. And I want to turn around and ask the same question to you. Um, And the question is, how has your art served as an expression of your black consciousness? Traditionally, African history is passed down orally. Yes, there is transcription, but traditionally we have an oral history. And our oral history is something that is passed down with soul, with syncopation and rhythm. So when I'm creating music, when I'm creating my rhythms, I'm connecting to my ancestors in Africa. I'm connecting to my ancestors that were enslaved. 
I'm connecting to my ancestors that use their instruments and their voices as a way to instill change. So with this album, The American Negro, this is my greatest, my most important creative accomplishment because I'm making this for other people. And this is the first time that I've created an album where if you came to me and said, hey, bro, I love the message of this album, but I'm not really feeling the music. I'd be more happy than if you said to me, hey, I love the music of this album, but I'm not really feeling the message. Mm -hmm. This is about change. This is about purpose. This is about moral improvement. This is a chastened to listen. This is me educating people on history and context because a lot of people act in a way where it could be deemed as being racist without intention. And it's because they're following custom and tradition. But now when you are educated and you commit those acts, you're thinking about the words I say on this album and you're rethinking your position in a world that is played by racism. Well, I've been speaking with Adrian Young. I highly recommend you check out his podcast. It is called Invisible Blackness, where he dives into the revisionist history and goes deep into it. But why I'm really talking to you today is your album called American, American Negro is out now. It's such a beautiful compilation of spoken word and music touching on revisionist history um, and and just black lives in such a powerful, powerful way. And coming up um, in the next few weeks, you're also going to be pushing out uh, a short film called Tan. It's going to be pushed out yes. through Amazon. Adrian yes. Young, thank you so, so much for your time today and for sharing your thoughts, art, and knowledge with us. Thank you.